Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Rockcast brought to you by Onyx Hump Maps. Jordan here, your host, and we're going to tackle an episode of Tipsy Tuesday here. It's technically October 6th, which is a Wednesday, but getting to this thing as fast as I can with season going on and whatever, it can get kind of crazy. So anyways, going to uh, go through another episode of Tipsy Tuesday. It is October 6th. Um, rifle elk tags and some deer tags, I think, are have been opening throughout the West. Um, tags here in Idaho open on the 10th, so trying to get ready for that. We're going to rock up and hopefully do get to do some scouting over the weekend before it opens on Sunday, so I think uh, it's very important that everybody is right exactly where they want to be at first light on opening morning and be very patient and just trust what you found in the summertime for scouting or earlier season and wait them out because it's just a tough time of year to hunt mule deer and I'm gonna I pulled up some articles and some videos uh, just to help you with that that we'll talk about a little later first of all the photo contests are going on on the Rockslide forums so we haven't really talked about the forums in a while. Hopefully, by now, you've at least checked the forums out on Rockside. You should just go sign up. They're free, an absolute like killer resource. And if you want to know about anything, you hop on there. Even news stuff. Um, I was recently on the Meteor podcast, and it took that thing after being released about two hours. And people had posted about it. Um, really before I even knew that it was up. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but the Rockside forums are awesome. There's so much information. There's so many people on there that are a wealth of information. And then of course, like the, the writers and things that are doing gear reviews. If you have a gear review, a gear question, you can go on there and you can probably find somebody that's used it and see what they think about it. So it's the Rockside forums are a phenomenal resource, and if you haven't at least checked it out, you should go and you should sign up. It's free. Um, of course, we have some amazing sponsors on the website that keep this thing running and, you know, let it be free to you. And yeah, so we're all we're all for the best uh, discussions that, that we can have on gear, tips, tactics, um, you know, life things. There's a lot of life type threads on there that you know guys helping each other which is pretty cool and there's really there's no other site like it um we don't put up with a lot of bullshit so if you're gonna hop on and cause trouble you're gonna get banned probably immediately so just know that going in if you're a troll and um yeah just go check it out it's, it's an awesome resource and uh yeah so the photo contests are going on so there's an elk a mule deer a sheep and there's also the whitetail and then a youth contest going on. So um, we have awesome prizes. The sponsors always step up and offer you guys some great prizes. So this is not a size contest. This is a photo contest. does not matter the size of the elk or deer or animal, whatever. Um, if it comes down to it, I think that does weigh in if there's like a tie. But the they are open to public um voting so later on after the seasons are commenced you guys if you're a forum member will actually get to vote on the photo so it's not just us choosing our buddies it's you guys choosing the best photo so 
First up for the elk contest, Kafaru has sponsored this for a long time, and they are offering a $750 credit to their store for first place. Then Iron Will Broadheads and Knives coming in. Um, you can either you can choose either of their knives for second place. Um, the Mule Deer is sponsored by Cryptech with another $750 credit to their store, and for second place you get a copy of Robbie Denning's um, Hunting Big Mule Deer book. I think it's signed by him also, and a hashtag legend. And then the best photo or a sheep photo is sponsored by Stone Glacier. You're gonna for first place you get a, a KY fifty nine hundred with X curve frame, and then for second place they're gonna offer up a skyscraper two person tent. And we did a review on that. Robbie and Josh Boy did a review on that on this podcast quite a while back. Then next up is the Whitetail Contest that is sponsored by First Light and has been for the last few years. They're going to offer up their new Catalyst Whitetail Bibs and Jacket combo for first place. So check that out. And then last but certainly not least, the Youth Contest. This is very cool. There's a company called Western Edge Gear and they have a little elk, they call it the Elkhorn Package. Um, for kids so it's basically a backpack for kids and it's it's cool they've got it on they have a picture of it on a little kid um on the on the contest thread there so go check that out um so again go check that out check the forums just uh it's free if you are not a member also you obviously can't get on and and comment but it is an open thread so you don't have to have you can be a lurker if you want to but go on there and check it out. Anyways, uh, latest episodes we've come out with backpacking stoves with Mike Cargan. And then I talked with my buddy, Mike Hearn, talked to him a little bit about elk hunting, ran some questions by him that, that I had that some situations I went into, um, this September, talked to him about that a little bit. We talked about some calling strategies that he's used and whatnot. So go give that a listen. And, uh, so some more rock slide articles, like I said before, with, you know, the October mule deer season's coming up. I thought I'd throw in um, a few articles that are really throwbacks um, that will help you with the, the mule deer scene, if you will. So, top 10 glassing mistakes. Robbie wrote that article, I think, back in, like, 2012. Um, he just talks about glassing and, you know, mistakes that he's made and then um, people often make you can just pick up a couple of tips there to apply to your um, your scene this October. And then Jim Carr wrote an article a while back as well called What It Takes to Be a Successful Hunter. He just runs through some things there that is kind of like the same thing. A lot of it is mindset and how you hunt and being smart. Um, so go check that out. And then we are a gear podcast. So last year... Um, we compiled a bunch of the writers um, gear picks like top three gear picks and put them all into one article so you can check that out it's called the 2020 rock staff top gear picks um, and I thought I'd throw in for new products that I have been trying I recently got I think I've talked about it before so I don't want to beat it too much but the Petzl Actic Core headlamp I've been a black diamond user for a long time Black diamonds are still great lights, but as far as just how the brightness in battery life has performed, um, I 
I wanted to try this pet uh, this Petzl Actic Core. It's a rechargeable headlamp. I've been really gun shy of rechargeable headlamps um, since I I tried one and it just like would not keep a charge. It wasn't very bright. Um, that was an old version of the Black Diamond uh, Revolt. I'm sure that the newer ones are are better, but I've always been gun shy of it. One thing I really like about that Petzl Actic is it uh, you the battery itself has a little mini USB charger on it, a micro USB. So that's how you charge it. You don't actually charge it through the headlamp. You charge it directly into the battery. And then you can take that battery out and you can put regular batteries in it if you were in a pinch. You can also buy extra rechargeable batteries. So you can, I think I'm going to get an extra one. So then I have two, you know, I can charge one like at the end of the day or end of a couple days or a few days, depending how much I've been using it. I can just put the old battery on a charger, slap a new battery in, and then I don't have to remember to try to unplug it out of the, you know, off of the charger the next morning type of deal. Um, I think that that's going to be a good system, but, and it is bright. There are three settings and the first one's like pretty dang dim for around camp in the tent. That was nice. I would say the second setting is about average for a lot of headlamps. And then they have a super bright setting and it is real bright. So, that's that's mine. Um, it's really lightweight as well. Um, it's it's great headlamp. So go check that thing out. And rolling on with this mule deer, you know, October type of situation. Quite a few years ago, um, uh, it's been two years, I guess, almost going on three seasons now. I filmed Robbie Denning on a mule deer hunt, and uh, it's called Hunting Big Mule Deer. The film. And so that came out uh, a couple years ago. I think that was like 2019, possibly 2020. Pretty sure 2019 though. And we, he does a really good job. That's a very educational film. Um, it's not just for entertainment. There's a lot of education that goes into the mule deer. And then we see a lot of deer and we sneak up on one. It's pretty cool. So go check that out. And all right, on to hot news. So... Out of the Durango Herald there in Colorado, there was a, a family that went on a trip and ended up, they, they tried to call in the re- search and rescue because they had a 11-month-old kid with them and they saw a couple mountain lions sleeking through the trees and got pretty upset about it, thought the mountain lions were stalking them. So they called in search and rescue. Search and rescue is going to take a couple hours to get there. So they actually called in a flight for life helicopter so they could get there faster because the family was panicking, it sounds like. So, um, yeah, that was uh, north of Durango there. So they just flew in and got them out. And then um, over on Go Hunt, this is an interesting article. Typically, I would not talk about something like this, honestly. Um, but I just thought that this was, this was a little bit interesting. So in Iowa, there's a guy, they released his name in here. His last name is Fritzler. He owns an outfitting business, Northeast Iowa Outfitters. The article isn't really that in depth, um, but sounds like, um, he was sentenced to federal prison after pleading guilty to one count of conspiracy after conducting illegal hunts in 2015-2016. So, um, 
the article goes on to say he owns this outfitting business, uh, Northeast Iowa Outfitters. It's in northeastern Iowa, as you can imagine. And it's, uh, from what I understand, it's a draw area. So you have to like put in for the license and draw. It's not over the counter. And it sounds like what he was doing was he was charging hunters, you know, his the guiding fee, the outfitting fee, which was thirty four fifty. Plus, it says he was charging an additional $50 for illegal licenses for a five-day hunt. So, what I imagine he was doing was he was basically making fake permits. So, you didn't actually have to put in for a draw. You could just get a license, I guess. I'm not, I don't, like I said, the, it didn't, doesn't go into super depth, but I thought it was noteworthy because federal prison was in there. So basically what he did was he, he conducted an illegal hunt with two undercover law enforcement officers from Florida. And that's where he says he charged them 3450 plus an additional 50 for illegal licenses for a five day hunt. And uh, he also recruited others to apply for and receive Iowa hunting license, um, receive Iowa hunting licenses and tags. So I think that's, he was trying to get them fake tags. Um, so yeah, it says in 2015, he offered his services to two non-resident hunters from Louisiana as well. One of the hunters shot a double drop tine buck. Um, but wounded the deer in its backside, leaving it for another season. Um, the next season, the hunters did not obtain non-resident licenses for deer, um, or for the deer, now dubbed the monster buck. And instead, he accepted the thirty-four fifty for guiding and outfitting um, their illegal hunts for the following season. And he also told them, um, to tell people that they were hunting a public area in Wisconsin and not in in Iowa. And um, the two Louisiana hunters told investigators that he urged them to stick to their story as the investigation continued. So he was sentenced to two months of imprisonment and two months of home detention and fined five grand. And he must also serve one year term of supervised release upon completion of his prison term. So interesting, interesting deal there. Not often, you know, typically they get fined and whatnot, but it's not often that you, it's a federal prison situation. So that is something interesting going on in Iowa. So um, onto the hot minute, I haven't done questions for a while. So I opened it up to the Instagram, both on my personal one and then on the rock um the rockcast instagram which you should go follow if you haven't already um i try to trying to be more interactive on there so anyways this is the first one post summer pattern but pre-rut mule deer tactics which is going on i mean tip you know right now october um October can be a tough time because they have stripped their velvet. They're probably not in bachelor groups anymore, um, at least the bigger ones. And they like the timber. And, you know, they don't really need to get up and roam around during the day. They're getting a heck of a lot smarter. So, in my opinion, and from what I've seen, and just, you know, learning from Robbie, honestly, is 
the, you know, that the pre, the summer scouting or just the preseason scouting is really important at that point and to trust what you found. So, for example, that YouTube video that I just talked about that I filmed with Robbie, he found a buck. I believe it was like the 27th of August or something like that. He saw the deer for probably, you know, 20 seconds, 30 seconds, got a good look with his eyes, didn't quite get him on camera. Um, But we hunted that, he hunted that deer for like a week during archery season. We hunted him for like a week during the rifle season. And then Robbie went back for, I think like another week or so. And so he hunted him a lot. And he hunted that one area because he knows that in previous years, the deer that he has found, they don't move that far. So he says, one thing that always sticks in my mind, he tells me, you just, you keep turning it over. You go back into that same spot. You keep turning it over and turning it over and turning it over. And you think like, man, I don't know. You might start, you know, second guessing yourself. And all of a sudden he'll, you know, he's just there, pops up. There's a deer that you found earlier, and he's there. I had a situation back in, uh, I think that was 2017, where I had found a deer in the archery, or in the uh, the summer season. Ended up, couldn't find him pretty much all of August. Um, wasn't able to get in there in, in September, but it did cross my mind to go to a different area, because you just, I haven't seen him for so long. And, you know, Robbie said, where else are you going to go? You know that you saw that deer there. So I went back mid-September, just kept, you know, turned it over. That ended up being a pretty short hunt just because that's all the time that I had. But I found him and I killed him. Um, So my advice for things like that is trust your summer scouting or your, you know, if you were able to hunt him during archery season, trust where that deer was, where you saw him, and just keep hunting it. Hunt it smart, turn it over, Use your glass a lot. If there's snow, use tracking like Robbie talks about. And, and yeah, that my biggest tactic there is just wait them out pretty much. Keep turning it over. Um, if you haven't been in the area to scout, um, being there at absolute, being at a glassing point at first light and knowing exactly where you want to look into, whether it be just from you know, looking at your maps or whether you've been in the area before, know exactly where you want to be in the morning, be there before it gets daylight, be comfortable behind the glass as it gets light. And then also, I think, take it to the end of the day as well. Glass until absolute last light, because that's when those deer are going to be moving. It's like first, you know, the first tiny little bit of sunlight, you know, they're probably already moving from their, um, from their feeding to their bed and then also realize it is later in the season that high country grass is probably burnt off so they're not going to be at the very tippy top where you may have seen them in the summer um look down more in the timber and just look for deer sign and that's pretty much all I got because that's pretty much all I all I'm gonna do I ended up finding a buck we found a buck in archery season saw him one evening Tried to hunt him the next day, couldn't find him, and that's exactly where we're going back to on the 10th. I know exactly the glassing knob that we're going to be on, and we're going to be there before first light, and we're going to try to turn him up. So that's pretty much what I've got on that one.
Okay, next question. This is from Tyler B four six one three. He asks, "You do you ever take trophy photos solo, and how do you do it?" So I always carry a camera with me. Um, that's kind of my job. So I do have a pr- you know a pretty like professional grade high end camera. Um, but point and shoots. One point and shoot that I would really recommend is a Canon G nine X Mark II. I would really recommend you go to Scope Cam. I think it's scope cam adapter or scope cam.com or something like that. Google it. And that will, they will let you purchase that camera on their website. And then that will come with an adapter that you can put on your spotting scope or on your binoculars to digiscope off of. Love that setup. And then it's also just a great camera for, um, for photos. It's a point and shoot fits in your pocket. Small. I'm big fan of that. Also your phone, um, so things there, I always have a tripod with me, so I try to put things on a tripod. It makes it a lot easier to try to frame up what you're going to be, you know, the pictures that you're trying to take. I've used backpacks, I've used stumps to set the camera on, and sometimes it's a little bit rigged, but it works. So the 10 second timer on your camera is a good way to do that for the most high-end pictures, Having it like on the picture setting and not so the not the camera that's looking at you like to take a selfie. Do it the camera that's made to take better pictures. That's pointing the other you know out of your camera. Um, if that makes any sense. Ten second timer on that is good. If you just want a picture to be able to you know sh- send to your buddies, share on social media, you don't really care if you want to blow it up, so you don't need the most like megapixel wise. A trick that you can do is put it on video mode, and then you're not in a big rush and running back and forth to your camera to run a 10 second timer. Um, just put it on video mode, you know, get behind the deer, get comfortable do some different poses that you think, and then you can scrub through that video and take screenshots out of it, which is a good way to do it. So that's uh, that's what I would say there. Um, all right. This next one is from Brody.Bell4. What are the most important aspects of a spotter? So I think when you're looking at a spotter, obviously know, you know who you're getting it from, check out reviews, things like that. Of course, glass quality is certainly important. The next thing that people will talk about a lot is your objective size. So that is going to be the opening at the end of the spotting scope. The larger that is, the more light that's going to gather and the better it's going to do in the the early morning and late evening hours when um, animals are going to be moving a lot. And then I think the glass quality really comes in when it's like, you know, daylight and you're looking, maybe you're looking into shadows, trying to pick up animals. The, um, the clarity definitely, it definitely does make a difference. You know, you'll look at a really high end spotting scope and maybe a low end spotting scope and really good daylight and maybe looking at that tree, you know, out at 500 yards or 800 yards they might look really similar, but that high-end spotting scope probably has better glass. It's going to be have more clarity, and that is going to help you pick out, you know, the flicker of ears and really help you, you know, pick out like an antler versus a when in there in trees or something like that, if that makes sense. So 
The biggest one is going to be objective size. The larger your objective size, the more glass you're also going to have, which makes it more heavier. So that's why, you know, a lot of backpacking guys, they might like that 60, 65 millimeter objective just because it's smaller, lighter, easier to pack. But you jump up to something like, you know, an 80, 85, 95, that's going to give you more light gathering capabilities. So that's basically the deal of the spotter there. Um, next question is from, oh boy, Jav- uh, Javon Koblenz, yikes, on Instagram. Um, best game am- best game animal to ease into Western hunting and fitness. Um, on the fitness portion, not really sure how to answer that, uh, to start with, but, you know, I think something that you can pack out by yourself or something that will give you a pack out experience without being overwhelming. So like a deer, probably deer or an antelope. Antelope typically isn't going to take that much fitness. Um, mule deer might take a little bit more depending on the country that you're getting in. My advice, honestly, would be maybe that first year, do like a road-type camp and do day hunts. Um, That will let you move areas a little bit quicker, and it'll be a little bit more comfortable of a camp for you to kind of ease into it. Um, I get questions quite a bit of like, hey, I'm going on, you know, my first mountain hunt. It's going to be a 10-day backpack hunt in for elk. And that sounds awful to me. I would, even for deer, that still kind of sounds awful if it's just your first trip. Um, That really limits you to the area that you can be in. And especially for the first first trip, just the pack in is going to be quite a monster. And um, so I would just recommend that. Okay, now... Yeah, and fitness-wise, I mean... I don't really know, work on, you know, work on your lungs, work on hiking with a backpack on, that's going to help quite a bit. Um, That's basically what what I've got for that question. Next question is a gear specific question from me, Canon. Model of Kefaru pack, best for packing meat and optics. I just used that Striker XL to hunt elk with and then we also packed an elk out and that was with it and it was great. Um being able to access that load shelf really easily and that was a Nebraska bowl so that was definitely like a base camp type situation where it was just day hunting um I I love that system next question from Wambi 52 scouting while the season is already going um I suppose that kind of depends like if you have a tag in your pocket or not or if this is just a straight up scouting trip um I would Definitely consider just driving the roads, seeing where other people are camped, seeing if they have animals down. Jim Carr talks about this as well. Like even when you get an animal um, on the ground, if you don't have to go home right away, it's really could really serve you well to just drive around, look at other camps, see what other people have, talk to some some folks that way. They might be a little bit more willing to share some information with you if they're on the high, if they just got the deer and whatnot, or elk, or whatever it is. Um, If you have a tag in your pocket and you're scouting, I mean, I would go at it from, mm, gosh, I don't even know, maybe covering more country if you haven't been able to get in the area and this is kind of a scouting trip for you while season is going on. 
look at a little bit bigger picture and not such um, not such a small one. You know, start from the bigger picture, work in type of a deal. That one's that one's tough. Next question is a uh, gear question as well from Kenneth Thrall. Best tent for a solo hunter under five hundred bucks. Look at um, you know like the that Stone Glacier tent. Some of the QEU tents, um, the Hilleberg tents, they don't really get underneath that $500 mark, but I think a, f- a couple of them do, some of those little solo tents. Um, another option to look at is the floorless options. There's some from Seek Outside, there's some from Kafaru. The reason I really like those uh, floorless shelters, if especially if you're in the high country, if you're going to be somewhere where there's snakes and scorpions and such, I would not do a floorless tent. But... A big benefit of the floorless is early season you can have a lightweight option um, and you can even put what they call a nest that basically makes it a floored option. But then during the later season you can get a stove and you can you can, um, you can can look at that. So that's what I would say. Check out um, some of, you know, the Kifaru, Seek Outside. Uh, some of the big Agnes tents are good. I actually did a podcast with um, trail from go hunt. We talked about tents and shelters a little bit. Um, you refer to that podcast. It's a great one. And that should, that should get you on the right track. Um, and then the last question from I Haley, it is says affordable late season, quiet pants. I've been a giant fan of the catalyst pants from first light. They do have the new foundry version of those. They're going to be a little bit louder though. Um, just because they have a reinforced seat knees, but they do have knee pads. Um, the entire side, it, they have hip vents. It's a two-way zipper, but it actually goes all the way to the bottom of the pant. But just the original Catalyst pants, I'm a really big fan of those for um, for a quiet pant for the late season. So I would give those a give those a check. Um, last question. I got from a couple of people. I know I mentioned it a little bit earlier and I don't want to pit myself out too much, but I was this week just on the Meteor podcast. We basically talked about, there's all kinds of things that they talked about in that episode. Um, I don't really start talking until about the last 30 minutes or so, but it's basically, they asked me the story of my upbringing and then I run through my Nebraska guide business. So there's just a couple people that asked me what it was like being on the podcast. It was really fun. Um, those those guys I've known uh, Cal Ryan Callahan for a while, so it was really cool getting to talk with him again and being part of something with him again. Um, and yeah, just you know, Giannis and Steve were on there as well, and it was just good talking to him. Um, it was a good conversation. So that's what that was like, I guess. Um, all right, on X tip of the week. Talked to Robbie the other day. And he really likes the tracking feature. Um, And also something to note on the tracking feature is you can share that track. So if I'm going into an area and I know Robbie's been there and I ask him like, hey man, did you run a track up to this glassing points where I'm thinking about going? And he might say, yeah, actually I have. He can send me that track and I can look at things like how long it took him to get up there. So I have a decent idea of you know, the time that it's going to take me to, to get there. It might be longer than I was thinking I could make it. And, you know, that could be a, a big difference between getting there before um, daylight and not. 
And then also if it's like an off trail glassing point situation, maybe I thought that I could go up, I don't know, the south side of this ridge, but in fact you need to go up the north side because the south side is dirty steep and just not fun to go through at all. Or that could be, you know, where some animals could be and you don't want to blow it out. So, you know, he ran a track on the north side and so I have a better idea going. Honestly, it's a great feature to to use. Um, you run a track, maybe a couple years down the line, you're like, hey, I want to go back into this area. I want to go to this, this glassing point or this is the camp I want to go to. And hey, it took me an hour longer a couple years ago than I thought it was going to take me this year. So good intel. It's a really good, um, it's a really good feature to use. And right now is the time to be digging into your maps. So if you have not downloaded the Onyx Hunt map, I would highly suggest you do so. They do have a little bit of a free version and then they have a seven day trial that you can dig into all their features or the free version. I believe you can still use pins and things like that. It just limits you on some of the layers and then how many offline maps you can save. Um, but it's a it's a fantastic resource and a lot of people are using it. And if all your buddies are using it as well, then you can share pins back and forth and things like that. So if you use code rockcast, you can get 20% off if you go to onyxmaps.com forward slash hunt and check out their packages. Um, all right, upcoming episodes. I'm going to actually talk. I have a couple of podcasts scheduled today. I'm going to talk with a couple of guys from the Rockslide forums, just members that actually put their elk um, into the photo contest. And so I just picked a couple of them, sent them a message, asked them if they wanted to hop on and talk about it. So we got those coming up. And then we also have a meat care podcast coming up soon that I have, I had talked about. And then actually yesterday I recorded a podcast with one of my buddies and he had a lot of bear encounters this year. So he just went through the story on those. So that is going to be what's coming up soon and I'm still recording podcasts and scheduling people. So we'll have some good content coming up for you this year. Good luck everybody through the, the October season. That's going to mostly the October and the November months are going to close out the seasons here in the West, but you know, the Midwest and guys back East are going to run quite later. So good luck everybody. We'll talk to you on the next episode.